With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On Giddy Up, Facing the Breeze, with Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. This is Facing the Breeze, thanks to Garrett's Horse and Hound for all of your equine essentials. Let's welcome in the team, uh, Anthony Butt. Hello to you, Ants. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Got a new partner in crime these days. Um, Andy Gatt joins us here for a cameo appearance on Facing the Breeze. G'day, Andy. It's a big week for you, mate, with Catch Away. Finally, the week has arrived. The, the Eureka on Saturday, this race that it seems that like we've been talking about for, for years. It's um, it's uh, happening on Saturday. I think everybody is so excited about watching this race for the first time, the world's richest harness racing event. No, definitely. Thanks, Gareth. And good morning, Ed. Now, with the elephant in the room, no Jack Trainer. Of course, he was disqualified last week by Harness Racing Queensland for that now infamous fight on Blacks of Fake Night there at Albion Park on Saturday night, Jason Grimson, his great mate, was also disqualified for 12 months. Now, I haven't seen the CCTV footage, so it's difficult for me to comment, but they pleaded guilty to assault on a racetrack, and that was stupid by those two. And I think they admit that. Um, they've got a stay of proceedings at the moment. Um, they're appealing, not because they pleaded guilty, they're appealing the, the, the length of the suspension or the disqualification. So that will play out. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with their careers from now on. Reading between the lines, Jason Grimson might enjoy that break that he's been given, even though that it comes over under circumstances that he wouldn't want them to come under. Um, I don't know if we will see him back in the game for a little while anyway. And who knows what Jack Trainer is, but there is mail that he might head overseas as well. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, just with Jason Grimson, he has got his knockers out there because of the success that he's had in the game. Um, and there is people that say that he goes about it the wrong way. But his record speaks for itself, Jason Grimson. And I've watched him closely and I've had a chat to him in depth. And he is a... A, a horseman that thinks outside the square. I think he's a gifted horseman and he would have been tested more than any other trainer in the game at the moment. And he's tested clear. So um, I think that he's done the wrong thing at Albion Park. There's no doubt about that. And he has to be disqualified for that because you can't assault anyone on a racetrack. Um, but I think it would be sad if we do lose him to the game. And it would be sad at the moment if we do lose him um, in, in this country because he's been able to produce some terrific results. So um, that's the situation at the moment with those two. I think Captain Ravishing is looking after or helping Armitabia there with the stay of proceedings. So it'll be interesting to see what Captain Ravishing can do on uh, Saturday as well, whether he's had enough time to try and sort that out, sort that horse out. Um, that'll be um, known there on Saturday night. But Ants, that's all I really want to say on that situation. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I, I feel sad about it all um, because it shouldn't have happened. They should have been stronger and more disciplined under those circumstances. And there's no place for any 
type of violence. Um, and, um, yeah, they've, they've learnt the hard way, unfortunately, Ants. Yeah, that's right, Gareth. It's an unfortunate situation. And we see it with other sportsmen and women, you know, the AFL and the rugby guys and that kind of thing where they do get taunted and um, harassed. And, you know, in this day and age, you just got to walk away. It's, I know it's hard at times and you get re- really frustrated, but um, that's the world we live in. And, you know, nowadays with the cameras everywhere and people yeah. with phones that uh, you just got to be so careful. And uh, it's a shame we live in that world, but um, we do. And uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those situations that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And uh, so hopefully, you know, the boys learn something from it and, um, you know, we can all move on. And it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, Andy, that if you've had any type of success, people will try and come at you. And um, unfortunately, I think Jason probably cops a little bit more than um, he deserves in a way with the, like, a, it's sad if you win a big brace like that and um, people are talking like that about you. So it's a it's a situation that he just has to, to live with. And I guess that the success, the more success you have, the more knockers that you have as well, but you, you, you need to, you need to be a little bit more disciplined and use that as motivation in a way, Andy. Yeah, definitely. Like obviously uh, he'd be disappointed with his actions and everything and he's been dealt with it. And um, yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for him because everyone just wants to sort of label him um, and don't give him the credit that he probably deserves. And, and and again, uh, my theory is if you're doing nothing wrong, well, there's a better way of doing it. And myself as a trainer, I think, well, if he, if he can get results just doing things different, maybe I can too. So that's the way I think of his success and everything. But yeah, hopefully he's not lost to the game. You know, he's, um, you know, it's pretty difficult for him in the situation he's in. But sometimes you just might be have to go elsewhere and not, you know, not socialise with him you know, yep. the participants and sort of spend time sort of away from us and try and find somewhere else where we're not and where he doesn't get torn about. I'm sure, you know, he'll be, you know, he'll be remorseful and disappointed with his actions, but, you know, you'll pay the price and I'm sure we'll come back at some stage. Let's have a chat about this Eureka on Saturday and the barrier draw has been conducted, would you believe? It's a little bit like Christmas, I would imagine, Andy, that you know that the result's out there, you know that your horse has been drawn, but they're not letting you know until tomorrow morning when they have the official draw. They do this with the Everest as well. So they do the draw, say, at Racing New South Wales, and then they release the draw that night like they do it at the Sydney Opera House. I think we're going to the the Museum of Contemporary Art. Um, that would be the first time you've probably been to a venue like that, um, Andy, but that's when the draw will be conducted. So... Um, what draw do you want? You can draw between um, six and fourteen. So basically, six, I would imagine, would be the draw you're looking for. Yeah, obviously the best available draw, but yeah, it's all relevant to what everyone else draws as well, I suppose. So um, again, going into any big race, you like to get the, get a good draw. But there's been one front row. There's probably um, yeah, and I think if you get a little bit too wide over that 2,500 metre start, you're nearly forced to go back anyway. So um, yeah, well, you know, we're fortunate that we're part of the race and whatever barrier draw we'll get, um, you know, we'll just cop and, and deal with it at the time. Um, um, Ants, I'd love to get your insights here because sometimes I think when you compete over a trip that we're not used to seeing that much at Menangle, like the 2,400 metre um, trip, um, you can get some results that don't go to plan, um, especially if the horses work off the gate early because if you open up your lungs over that trip, 
and we saw it a little bit with Tim's a trooper. I know that he's a horse that probably doesn't like to be used out of the gate, but in the, the singer, he was found wanting. Um, it'll be interesting to see the tactics from the drivers there in the early part of this race. Yeah, it'll be what, it, like Andy said, it'll be relevant to where everyone else draws. Um, you know, most of them will want to draw inside leap, leap to fame and, uh, that kind of thing. But yeah, like a few of them will, you know, I'd imagine they'll be ducking for the fence pretty quickly. And then, you know, a few, you know, if catch a wave just draws out a bit and you draw inside him, you might, a couple might head out hoping to get the trail behind him later on. So, yeah, as I said, it's all uh, comes down to where everyone else draws. But as you said, a lot of these horses, especially the Menangle horses, and um, they're not used to racing over the longer distance. So sometimes that gets in the driver's mind and they do drive quite conservatively. So, but when they go for $2 million, I think yeah. uh, it might be a bit different this week. Could you cross Leap to Fame if he draw, draws inside of you, Andy? Um, what, I'm, what I've seen, I'd say he probably would. Yeah. Um, but again, at what cost, too? Um, you know, we're, we're at, you know, 2400 Um Yeah, obviously, which is probably in Leap to Fame's wheelhouse, to be honest. The longer the race, the, you know, the better he can perform. He can just sustain speed better than probably all of us. So... Um, but he's no one-trick pony, catch a wave. He's sudden a death and won a chariot. We've seen how good he is from back in the field as well, and he, and he can lead and win as well. So, again, ideally you like a good draw, but um, the race does fall away a little bit, probably depth-wise, you know, for winning chances. So, you know, you'll be able to make a move at any stage and put yourself into the race if, if tempo, you know, not, not as quick as you want it to be. In harness racing, usually that you get horses that are adaptable. They can be sprinters and they can go and be great stays as well. We've seen your horse. I still think one of his biggest runs I've ever seen was that 1,200-metre stampede victory there on um, Hunter Cup night there earlier on in the year. And then he went on to win a Miracle Mile. What's his best trip? Do you think he'll like the extra trip of a 2,400 metres of the 2,400? Pretty sure it won't worry him, to yeah. be honest. I know he's had one start in the Vic Derby heat over 2,700, and um, we, and we know where he finished, but his last mile was quicker than Captain Ravish in the Leap to Fame on that night. Um, she's standing over there, so she knows. <laughs> it, was a, it was just a poor drive from Kate more than anything that, you know, led to him not qualifying. So, um, yeah, that was his first go over a relative long distance, and he performed really well. So, um, yeah, yeah. You don't know. I think if you can run a strong mile, you can run a strong 2,400, but it's all relevant to how hard you're burning early. Um, Ants, is it just a two-horse race at the moment, or do you think that um, there's a three-year-old like a Lost Storm, even a mare like in Cypher that can play a part here? No, I think that the top two are clearly head and shoulders above the rest, and probably the Lost Storm, you know, just from behind them. I, I really think only three can win it. And... Uh, you know, Andy's horse is a great horse. He's, you know, any horse can win a Miracle Mile as a four-year-old. You know, they're, they, they're going to be hard to beat and, um, you know, leap to fame to champion, I think. And uh, so I think they're the two. And, you know, Lost Storm, he's just got that X factor. And, you know, he could just, you know, he could just blow them away. I don't mm. know. But, uh, you know, I really think that the, the winner will come from those three. They're basically four, they're three-year-olds these days. If you went back to the old season, Andy, um, do you think Leap to Fame, if you beat him, you win the Eureka? Or do you see, and Kate drives and Cypher has come a long way and she'd be a tough mare too. I think she'll in, she'll lap, at, lap up the, the conditions there on Saturday night. How do you see your rivals here? 
Yeah, obviously, um, let the fame the one to beat. What he's been able to do this preparation and even last you know, season as a three-year-old's just been amazing. And you know, he's such a great horse to watch race two um, from the sidelines. So, um, yeah, he's definitely the one to beat. And a little bit with Ants too. You know, the lost storm. He's got a bit of X factor about him. And if he gets that barrier one draw and just has a cozy run there on the fence, he's definitely going to be hard to beat. And I think in Cipher definitely has a winning chance. He's pretty season and she can run sort of. She can handle the times, and um, I know just Emma and Clayton. Though I always say she works with her, they're good free for horses, so she's right up there as well. I'd say, but I, I think it's probably down to four chances. Andy, I'd love to get your insights, and you're a great student of the game as well. And you talk to different trainers, like a Gary Hill senior would love the preparation of a leap to fame heading towards their big dance. He's had hard racing against good opposition, and he'll be ready to go for a war. You've had a, a different approach with your horse, Catch a Wave. He's been. Um, kept relatively fresh, uh, fresh for this for this big dance. Um, have you been happy with the way that he's heading into this race, or would you prefer um, the the hard racing a little bit like a leap to fame has had before this 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 war on Saturday? Um, every horse is different. Um, I'm quite happy with the path I've chosen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really um, at this stage. Um, I probably wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. You don't know until the race night whether you got it right or wrong, but um, I'm pretty happy where he's at. He's in great order. He's eating well. You know, He's been working exceptionally well at home and he's going to have a trial later this afternoon at Melton just to sort of top him off. So, um, yeah, no, I probably... Um, I don't sort of regret giving him a couple more runs or, or anything. I, I, you know, to my mind, I'm pretty happy with what it, the path I've chosen and the way I've headed to getting ready for this race. Stay with us, Andy Gath and... Anthony Butt here on uh, Giddy Ups Facing the Breeze as we talk some harness racing. Thanks to Garrett's Horse and Houndful of the Equine Essentials. We'll take the news and then we'll come back and continue on our chat ahead of the world's richest harness racing event. Can't wait for it. The Eureka on Saturday night at Tabcourt Parkman Angle. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Well... Giddy up, this is Facing the Breeze. Thanks to Garrett's Horse and Houndfall of the Equine Essentials. So, Ants, final question on the Eureka. If you had to drive one horse, and just because Andy's on the line, you don't have to say catch a wave, who would you want to be driving? Yeah, I'd have to say Leap to Fame because I think he's, uh, you know, a great horse and he's probably got uh, more string to his bow than some of the others. So, sorry, Andy, but uh, I still think you're a great chance, but uh, I can only pick one. Do you know how I hope runs really well, Andy? Um, magician. I, I liked his trial the other day, and sometimes I think with Tassie Racing, we can underestimate them a little bit because of the times they run. They're usually a lot slower than what we see over here, but um, Bowtie was able to surprise everybody when, I'm not saying he's a Bowtie magician, but yeah. I think he'll be a much improved horse um, racing on those bigger spacious tracks or the bigger spacious tracker of a angle. Yeah, no, and I think it's great that Tasmania's part of the race too. Yeah. Um, you know, I know how excited I am to be part of it. And yeah, to have people from Tasmania that knowing that for the next couple of years that they're going to have a run in the Eureka, I think it's fantastic for them. Bet 365 should do a market. Who who beats who beats um, each other home, Captain Ravishing or Magician? 
Um, about a month ago, magician would have been a hundred to one, but I reckon he'd nearly be favourite now. Ants. <laughs> oh, Gareth, you're playing with fire now. Well, no, it's just an opinion-based show, and we um, and um, that's just that's just um, looking at those trials, etc. And I and I wish Ahmed Tabia and Danny Savasanos and the Savasanos family the best of luck. I think they've been absolutely dead set sensational with the way that they've gone about the, the promotion and marketing of this race, and they're making a difference in the sport. But this is the great narrative heading into the race. This boom horse, Captain Ravishing. Um, and now can't get out of his own way. Can they turn him around? He's the, one of the most fascinating stories of the race, Ants, for mine. Yeah, he is, Gareth. He said, going on his trial the other day, you'd think you'd need to improve a fair bit. But as I said, he's, I, I see Luke McCarthy's driving him today on a trial, and they've got Grimmer in their corner. So they've gone for the big guns to help them. So uh, he's going to get every chance to bet his best. But, you know, you just, you just can't see it off his preparation, you know, He's had in his hiccups and troubles, so no, I'll be stunned. I'll be stunned out of him. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think, as I said to Ants, Andy, it will be interesting to see how he trials and how he goes on Saturday night because there's no doubting his ability. But can they get him right in time? Yeah, you know, you know they've probably been up against it uh, probably for the last month, and they've had a few little setbacks, I think. And yeah, you know, we also his trial. He probably didn't handle the track that great. He probably didn't handle Manangle that great, but he's still a quality horse. Um, you can't underestimate him, but still, you, you think you know, you still got to find a lot of improvement. So, it'll be interesting to see how he trials today, um, going forward. But, yeah, as I said, with Eureka, we've been able to follow most horses' path and we all know how they're what they're doing and what they're up to, which has been you know, probably good from the sidelines for people looking in and see how horses are trained and different paths that trainers are taking to get there. Yeah, I think it's been terrific, hasn't it, Andy? It's been a big winner, the Eureka. There's been a little bit of criticism at the start by industry participants, but it's what the sport needed when you got Singo involved and um, there's been a lot of media attention as well. And when you're racing for that type of prize money, it sells itself in a way. Yeah, there's no doubt. And again, you know, we'll just keep building on it year after year, I'd say. Um, who wins the Lensmith Mile before we let you go? I know you were keen on Rock and Roll Zoo Ants last week, but does the draw hurt his chances? No, I don't think so. Uh, Gareth, he's not the fastest off the gate anyway, and you know Mick will probably mooch forward at some stage, and he'll probably have to you know park up. But uh, you know, there's a bit of speed inside him. Some pretty good horses are going to get some nice runs, so it won't be easy for him. But I think if he's back to his best, he'll still take a bit of beating. Well, have you had a look at that field? Um, Andy got Spirit of St. Louis 1, Macdan 2, South Coast Arden 3, Cash and Flow 4, Better and Clips 5, Hot and Treacherous 7, Rock and Roll 2, 8, Narano 9, Hurricane Harley, Hurricane Harley 10, and of course, Seuss Bromack. I missed him in Barrier 6. Who wins? Uh, any chance you can get back on Rock and Roll 2, Ants, or? Not unless uh, Mick backs into one again this week, but he no, I got him at the wrong time, I think. So he looks at me back to his best. So it's probably better off yeah. if I stay away. No, I'm with Ants. He was unbelievable first up, like an old do, and he handles my angle well. Um, yeah, you've got to be a bit of speed early with Spirit of St. Louis, Spirit of St. Louis and Mac Dan. So, um, yeah, I'm in the rock and old do corner. Well, Andy, go and get them this weekend. Um, it's going to be some race. It's exactly what the sport of harness racing needed. And um, no, we wish you the, the best of luck on Saturday. Ants has been on fire, tipping us $20 winners here on Facing the Breeze. Can you help uh, um, us battlers out, Andy, with the winner? 
Um, oh, pretty lot on this week. Got a couple going around in Big Red Hotel, a little bit out of their depth. So, um, yeah, no, probably um, right. probably have to wait to next week to find uh, something, I'd say. All right, then what about you, Ants? Now, I'm about the same as Andy. I've got a couple in the Vic Red on Thursday night, but they're probably uh, just going to go around and hopefully get in the, the semis, but they won't. They can't see them beating Emma Stewart's runners, so um, no, I'll probably wait till next week for a winner, Gareth. Ah, uh, sensation. What a pleasure catching up with two legends of the sport, two Hall of Famers on Facing the Breeze. Ants, enjoy your week, and Andy, safe travels to Sydney. Uh, thanks, Gareth. Andy Gather, but that's Facing the Breeze. Gareth's Horse and Hounds stocking the largest reins at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. Yeah, lucky we are here on Giddy Up. Two of the, the best in the business, but wonderful ambassadors. Um, for harness racing and when you when they speak you need to listen let's take a break we'll come back with the great tip off tipster of the week with mickey gannon